You are listening to the End of the Day Podcast, Episode 29, Changing How We Think About Self-Trust. If you struggle with self-trust and goal setting, this episode is for you. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 29, and today's topic is on self-trust. Specifically, what we truly mean when we say we want to learn to trust ourselves, or we want to believe that we can keep our word to ourselves, or we want to be the type of people who honor their commitments. Now, for some, self-trust is a loaded concept. I know that many clients struggle with this concept when they are goal-setting in particular. This concept of self-trust I never realized was loaded for me as well until I started seeing a very familiar pattern among clients and friends and in my own work. So I'm excited to bring this concept to you in a different way, and I'm hoping that after listening to this episode, you'll also start to view self-trust in a different way, one that will actually inspire you and motivate you to keep taking action rather than using maybe lack of self-trust as evidence that you're not capable of achieving the type of life you want. Okay, so let's get started. So as I mentioned, for some of us, self-trust is a loaded concept. It's like a trigger word, especially around goal setting, right? It seems like an elusive character trait or state of mind for some that seems just hard to achieve. Like we see others who have been able to crack the code of self-trust, but we just have struggled with it. But yet in our minds, We feel like we need to have self-trust so that we can accomplish big things, so that we can actually do the things that we know we want or need to do so we can live the type of life we want. So it's a very tall order we've placed on self-trust and we, it's a high stakes game for us, right? So what we normally do to build or achieve or have self-trust is, especially for those of us who struggle, we try to um, do little things. We set goals. We look for the latest tools and processes and systems, and we try to put those in place, all with this big hope that something will help us build self-trust. But what I've learned from, again, my own work and talking with clients and friends is a lot of us have a very unhealthy relationship to self-trust. We have made it a conditional relationship. And that, I think, is underlying everything with regard to trustworthiness. Okay? So, because we've tied our self-worth or our belief in our ability to create the type of life we want to whether or not we can trust ourselves, self-trust becomes something we can easily lose just by being human. 
And we're going to dive into that in more detail throughout this episode. So why do so many of us view self-trust as an enigma, like a mystery, something others have or are able to generate and we just haven't been able to? Why do so many of us use self-trust as a metric of our self-worth and whether we're capable of achieving what we want in life? So today I want to deconstruct the concept of self-trust and explore what we're truly after so we can stop holding ourselves back and start creating the results we want. So often we say that we want to learn to trust ourselves, but have you noticed it's almost like a let's wait and see type of attitude. Like, okay, I'm going to try this thing. I'm going to set these goals. And if I can do this thing, it'll prove that I'm trustworthy. And now I can believe in myself. It's like a test that we keep giving ourselves. But when we feel like maybe subconsciously, before we even start, we might fail. Why? Because our brains look to the past and see evidence that we've tried this before and maybe failed in the past. So we set different tests for ourselves to quotes past, but always with this anxiety or worry that we'll just let ourselves down again, throwing a wrench in our elusive quest to finally be able to trust ourselves so we can finally start doing the things we want in life. Now we're going to bookmark that statement for later. That in itself is fascinating, but I hear this so often. And I struggle with some of the same way of thinking myself. Whenever we use something against ourselves, though, like self-trust, it's good to know what we're actually saying. So let's go ahead and deconstruct this. I find that self-trust is frequently tied to self-worth. A lot of people who are successful and don't struggle with this worthiness or self-trust issue are people that don't tie necessarily their goals to their character. If they don't achieve something, they don't make this, my new favorite phrase, massive indictment of our self-worth. People who want to build self-trust often believe it will help them have a better opinion of themselves. Like maybe they'd be kinder to themselves then. Maybe they won't be so hard on themselves then if they finally would just do what they said they would do. Maybe they could start to feel better about themselves, hate themselves less, accept themselves more, feel less like a failure, etc., etc., etc. In essence, it's conditional acceptance of ourselves. I will like myself more when I perform at the level I want or expect or that I think others expect of me. And when we don't perform at that level, We beat ourselves up and we withhold kindness, love, acceptance from ourselves. Then our mind, body, and soul learns this and remembers this. I strongly believe this is why so many of us don't set goals because it's like a protective measure. What are we protecting ourselves from? Ourselves. Punishing ourselves when we don't meet the expectations that we have for ourselves. But what is self-trust truly? The way many of us talk about it, it's a way we measure our worthiness or ability to achieve what we want. But what if instead of us doing a thing to develop self-trust or to build self-trust or to trust ourselves, we work on instead 
getting clear exactly what it is we are seeking when we want to trust ourselves. When we tie self-trust to performance, that is, you know, we're building self-trust by doing what we said we would do action-wise. We can only build it if we do it quotes right, meaning we have to do what we say we were going to do. We have to perform at the level we said we were going to perform. But what if we miss the mark? What if we don't do what we say we're going to do? What if on occasion we perform less than we hoped? What happens to our self-trust then? What if after a while we just stop doing the thing? Then what happens to our ability to trust ourselves? So our self-trust is conditional. It's something that we can easily build and lose, it seems like, just by the fact that we're human and we're not going to always perform perfectly every single time or every single day. What happens is then we feel bad about ourselves. We make it mean something when we don't perform at the level that we want, or if we quit, or if we miss a day, right? We feel bad. We shame ourselves. We make it mean, oh, we're not trustworthy. But then after a while, we recognize, wait a second, but we need to be trustworthy in order to build the life that we want. So we try again by setting other goals, other tests for ourselves. So we can, quotes learn to trust ourselves. Do you see the flaw in this type of thinking? Do you see how destructive it is to place this type of conditional love and acceptance of ourselves on whether we achieve certain things or perform at a certain level? And this is the same type of flaw that drives people to perfectionism. This idea that if you do something to a certain degree of excellence, you can feel valuable. You feel worthy. You feel like, well, others then will see your value or your worthiness, right? You feel like then maybe you can accomplish things. But when you don't achieve that same level of excellence, when you don't measure up to your standards or what you feel other people's standards of you are, then all of a sudden your self-concept plummets because you have placed your worthiness and your value on this external outcome. And as we know from prior conversations about perfectionism, and of course, just from our own experience with that type of extrinsic or external validation, it's such an insecure place and vulnerable place to be. We often say things like, we want to keep our word to ourselves. We want to honor our commitments. We want to honor our calendars. We want to have integrity. Of course, when we say things like that, of course, they're noble sounding, aren't they? Of course, we want to be able to trust ourselves. Of course, we want to honor ourselves and view ourselves as honorable and people of integrity, people who keep our commitments, right? But when we tie our self-trust to this sense of nobility and honor, when we do external things, we make it a mark against our character when we should stumble or fall. If we suddenly don't honor our calendars or we're not marking the X's on the habit tracker, right? Or we backtrack on a diet or on fitness goals. Suddenly, if we've tied ourselves trust to honor and nobility and integrity, suddenly we're not honorable anymore. We're not a person of integrity. We're not a person who keeps their word. And that then sends us into a shame spiral, right? And when we're in a shame spiral, what does that do for us? Causes us to sink, sink inward. 
close ourselves off, isolate, avoid doing the very thing that we want to do, right? All of which is the opposite of what we hoped self-trust would do for us. This is when we look at the terms more closely. What do we ultimately mean when we say the word trust? So when we say a trusted friend or a trusted colleague, what does that actually mean? It means deserving of trust or being able to depend on that person or having or placing confidence in the person, counting on that person. So when we have self-trust, we're saying that we're deserving of trust. We're able to depend on ourselves. We're able to place confidence in ourselves or have confidence in ourselves. We're able to count on ourselves. Now, are we saying that we're depending on ourselves or having confidence in ourselves or counting on ourselves to be perfect, to never make a mistake? No. So when we tie our goals and whether or not we achieve them or perform a certain way to our self-trust, we're actually misplacing what we truly mean at the heart of our yearning for self-trust is this deep desire or hope that we will not give up on ourselves. We will not give up on what we truly want in life. We will not give up on helping ourselves through life. That no matter what happens, we'll find our way through life toward what we want, what we truly want, with kindness, compassion, support, some tough love, of course, and that no matter what happens, we'll rise again and keep trying. We want to know that we will have our own backs throughout. When we think a calendaring system will help us manage our time more wisely, be more productive, and actually get stuff done, then when we struggle to honor our calendar, it's easy for us to think, oh, I had hoped this calendar was going to help me actually achieve my goals, but now that I'm struggling, maybe I won't be able to achieve my goals. We think that the calendar is going to give us self-trust, and when it doesn't, we feel powerless in our ability to do what we want to achieve our goals. But when we trust that we won't give up on ourselves, we know the calendar is just a tool, and calendaring is just a skill that we can work on to develop. And like any skill, we may start at one level, and if it's important to us, and if it's actually a tool or system that's going to work with our brain, then with practice and patience and learning from ourselves, we'll improve, right? And because the calendar is just a tool, we know that there are many tools out there. We don't have to just use one tool or rely on one tool or make one tool fit with us because that's what other people are doing. We get to trust that we'll not give up on ourselves. And if productivity and time management is an issue or an area of growth for us, our self-trust lets us believe that we'll keep figuring out a way, whether through working on discipline or working on mindset to work with the calendar or to figure out a different tool altogether that will help us achieve the same results. That's what self-trust will do for us if we tie it to our fundamental belief that we will not give up on ourselves and our goals and what we truly want. 
So if you're someone who, like me, makes or used to make self-trust a high-stakes game, consider what you're making self-trust mean, okay? Do you believe you have to perform at a certain level in order to trust yourself? Do you believe you have to perform up to a certain standard in order to feel like you can trust yourself? Is self-trust conditional for you? Like, you'll like yourself better or at all if you can prove you can trust yourself. Is self-trust punitive for you? Do you feel like if you don't do certain things, you automatically assume it's like mark against your character. You'll start beating yourself up. You'll punish yourself. Is it punitive for you? Or do you view it or can you view it as an essential tool in your self-concept toolkit? When you talk about honoring your word, keeping your commitment to yourself, what exactly are you honoring and committing to? If it's conditional and punitive, no wonder we have such a troubled relationship with self-trust. If we withhold kindness and compassion from ourselves when we feel like we failed to honor our word or our commitment, we're perpetuating that cycle of self-inflicted suffering. The reason we want to trust ourselves is so we feel safe, secure, and confident. We think this will allow us to do more things and help us achieve what we really want. When we feel like we can't trust ourselves and we've tied it to everything in the past and we've made it punitive, we feel like what we desire is beyond our reach. And that, my friend, is such a painful place to be, as you probably already know. But what if we shift the focus to believing deep in our bones? that we're never going to give up on ourselves and what we want in life. Then when we set goals, it's with the implicit understanding that we'll have our own backs, we'll be our biggest allies, we'll learn from ourselves throughout the entire process with compassion, without judgment, on the way to achieving our goals. Suddenly, self-trust is no longer a high-stakes game. Instead, We view self-trust as a way to rejuvenate ourselves instead of viewing it as something we need to achieve or build or develop so we can stop punishing ourselves. Instead of relying on taking action to build our self-trust, we actually tap into our unshakable belief in ourselves that we're going to keep going until we get the results we want that we will never give up on ourselves in order to take whatever action we need. It's liberating. It makes us feel like we really can't make a wrong choice because the end result is we're going to keep going no matter what, right? This simple shift can be game changing, especially around goal setting. So instead of feeling like you have to have self-trust before you take the action, you can actually turn inward and rely on your sense of self-trust in order to take the action. And one of the things that I'd like to leave you with is this. It goes back to a statement that I bookmarked way at the beginning of this episode. Sometimes when we use things against ourselves, 
It is actually one of those cleverly disguised ways our brain keeps us from having to do hard things. So if we're the type of people that constantly look for ways and give ourselves tests to build self-trust, and then let's say we constantly fail in our effort, then what happens? Then we kind of wall back up and we go into our shame spiral, meaning we don't have to continue to find ways to take the action that we know will help us get to what we want to be actually doing in life or to help us create the type of life we actually want to live, right? So it's one of those things that we think it's a barrier, but actually it's one of those things that we um, can sometimes put up ourselves and say, oh, We tried and I'm just struggling with self-trust right now. Got to figure out the self-trust thing first before I actually find ways to um, do the actual action part that will get me closer to my goal. So just think about that and see if that is also part of your self-trust story. I know that was for me. It was very eye-opening when I found that out as well. And it was exciting to find that out because for so long, um, I thought that me trusting myself was going to be like the key to actually be one of the people that could create the life that they want and not just be relegated to the life that they have, right? So it's very exciting. If this is your journey, I'm very excited for you as well. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thank you so much for joining me. I really hope um, you were able to get something out of it, maybe a different shift in perspective or just something to consider. I'm really excited for you and your 2021, and I'm really excited for my 2021 as well. I think 2020 was definitely a foundation building year for me, and I'm so glad that I took the time to do it, and I'm excited to jump off into 2021. So, Thank you so much for joining me today. Remember, at the end of the day, we have one life. How do you want to live it? How do you want to show up? Think about it. And then let's get to work. All right, everyone. Have a happy new year. Hey, Carrie here. If you're tired of being your own worst critic and letting your thoughts and insecurities and fears run your life, mindset coaching can help. Mindset coaching or learning to manage your mind is the best investment you can make for your present and future happiness. Learn the science behind your fear-based behaviors and how to use this knowledge to move forward instead of staying stuck. Understand how your brain processes thoughts so you can let go of the destructive thought patterns and train your brain to think the thoughts you want instead. Mindset work is not complex, but it does take commitment and daily focus. But once you understand how to manage your mind, you can apply the concepts to any and every aspect of your life. I offer one-on-one weekly mindset coaching to help you think differently so you can start to live differently. If you're ready to learn these tools, just message me on Instagram at Carrie underscore Mindset Coach or visit my website to book a free consultation this week. My website is CarrieWaterson.com. I'll have all that information in the show notes. Remember, mindset coaching is like having an ally every week to help you manage your mind and reset your thinking so you can do what you want most in life.